Hey, Miscata. Welcome back for another episode. Today we're going to do Beloved Chapters 10 through 16. And today are, this is going to be significantly shorter. We are shooting for 30 minutes at the most. No, mm, let's let's try for 20. All right, let's go then. All let's right, let's go. Fire. So for what reason does Paul D. go to prison? And how does Morris's use of number continue to be persistent throughout the novel and in the number of inmates? So we know that Paul D. Um, goes to prison for his attempted murder of Brandywine. And um, I thought it was significant because we learned a little bit more about Paul D. And a lot about... Um, we get a lot of imagery, I think, mm-hmm. because we get a big perspective of what it's like to be a black woman and we get a lot of just motherhood and we get all these feminine, um, ideas from Setha, but we don't really see too much about being, um, a black male slave. And I think that we get, a, or a black man, um, cause Paul D, Paul D's not a slave. He's free, right? Um, uh, no, he was a sweet. Home he was. Man. Yeah, he but was. But is there. he freed now? No. Um, he. I don't know what's forget going on. exactly. He escaped with the forty six men. And then yeah, he they is a met freeman the after Cherokees, that. right? Yeah, and then it's like the and chain, then and they all like questions. he couldn't figure out how to leave. Like he didn't know any like map skills. He also doesn't know how to read. In so general. he's stuck. So he's stuck, and then the Cherokees are like, "You should follow the flowers. It'll take you up north." So he follows flowers up to Delaware, which is where he meets the first the first woman and I think he helps work for her for a little bit like chopping wood or something but he's like that. free he's he, not he's not owned uh yeah no he ran away so then um we're gonna talk about how because there's so much imagery in this chapter and so yeah, many it's details a little, it's a little hard to pick up I have to say. I will especially where this is Paul D. Slander Paul D. Slander only oh wow I don't care wow okay <laughs> um like this isn't what I came for Paul D is just kind of, oh well. He's not your favorite. <laughs> no, so I didn't like. Anyways, um, so we see that the number of inmates he goes to prison with, because there's so much, like the flowers, you you, met, you touched on a lot of it. Oh, good. But um, the 46 slaves, I was kind of, because um, this is one of the motifs M- Morris is using, um, numbers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that 46 is could be significant. Um, I was drawing a uh, connection that I'm not necessarily sure is valid. Um, cause I'm not quite sure what year Beloved takes place in it. I think that that's kind of purposeful where, cause all we know is it's post, uh, civil war. Yeah. And I mean, because this is kind of happening as such a general thing, I don't think that Morrison wanted um, to put like a date on it because mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't something that just happened then it's something that is like like Seth's story is one that can persist even into today mm-hmm. and just the condition of black people in America whether it's slavery post like because I mean also post Civil War really didn't actually change much yes it like sharecropping the new Jim Crow it just continued to yeah. persist and I I was thinking maybe that forty six could represent states in the United States um. And maybe the states like black men were still enslaved in because yeah. we see after the Civil War, every state, I don't care if it's Maine, Massachusetts, or Alabama, Mississippi, every state, black men are still enslaved. They're still being beaten down, not just black men, black women, black people. Yes. And I was thinking maybe that's what 46 could represent because um, there weren't all the states then. But I don't know. That's just my own little pondering yeah no i like that connection and like she does throw in numbers whether or not you really pick up on like necessarily what they're meant for 
I mean, it could be all up for interpretation, like you were interpreting it to be states' numbers. But she also talks about people's ages and like when Setha uh, had Denver, I think she was 18, but then it's 18 years past and that's when Paul D comes back. So there's some kind of connection there. Um, but yeah. There's 124. 124. Um, it's just numbers. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And I don't know if you're necessarily supposed to pick them up or make that connection. I mean, obviously there should be some kind of like mental connection that you're like, hey, I've seen the number 18 before. We might not know what the meaning is behind it. But, and also, and there was, like, three came up earlier. Um, it's, I mean, Morrison just throws in so many details. It, yeah. Like, it's, Sometimes I think Miss Cotta said she's read this book how many times and every time she picks up. She yes. says that with every book. We love you, Miss Cotta. But, um, it's just, there's just, it's just literally so rich. Mm-hmm. Every word is a detail, so. Mm-hmm. And then, so we do learn a lot more about Haldi's character and his escape. Um, he goes up um he escaped with the prisoner uh the chained prisoners mm-hmm. and then the Cherokees break the chains and um I was I was kind of thinking about how much this um chapter 10 spoke about him being a slave and um what we hadn't really learned about Paul D and we kind of touched about it so I'm not gonna go too in depth because you gave a pretty good synopsis oh well thank you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I thought that the imagery of, like, the flowers going north, and then he gets lost and kind of just does his own thing. But I thought that was learning more about his character was important, even though I have my Paul D. Slander. We, this yeah. was an important chapter that... It was character development. She uses a lot of flashbacks for character development, I mm-hmm. think, is the main thing. Yeah, and I, yeah. Um, and then the chapter ends, closes with that, um, with that tobacco tin of memories is mentioned again, and how... Um, maybe this is... Is this the first time the tobacco tin? No, I think it was first referenced at the... But it's, it's not, like, rusty and sealed shut because it hasn't been, like... Okay, that happens in Chapter 6. All right. So... Okay. <laughs> okay. Or, <laughs> not Chapter 6. I meant to say... Whatever. Um, but we have, like, the the heart, and he says how that holds his painful memories, which I thought was interesting because before it was mentioned, it was just, like, how the tin can replace his heart, and we had that piece of information. And then in this chapter, it spoke about how they were his painful memories, specifically of slavery. And I was kind of thinking, like, what is this talking about Paul D., and what is this kind of speaking about masculinity? Um, I think in the, like, we're seeing feminine pain in in this um, novel so far is like a more shameful thing. Like mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of shame surrounding Setha and the other women, beloved um, as a woman, um, Denver. And I mean, Paul D, you're just kind of shoving all of your pain and suffering into a little box. And I feel like that's kind of um, speaking of masculinity and just like, it's not doing, as, it's those, um, we talked, we like mentioned it. It's like the household roles. Yes, like the, the domestic, the, the gender, the gender roles in a house. I don't know exactly the right term, but it's like women feel, men don't. Yeah, and kind of what harm this is going to wreak on Paul D, and what harm this is going to wreak on Setha also and yeah. beloved, and and kind of we talked about in class about how um, I think beloved doesn't like Paul D, and that was part of like the. No, I the, don't think he does either. The, I mean, she does. I think that a huge part of Beloved is protecting Setha. Yeah. And that's kind of... All right. We're moving on to chapter 11. 
Paul D feels manipulated. Manipulated. Uh, ma- wow. Manipulated. We can't speak. Okay. And controlled by beloved in the house in chapter eleven, full of rich imagery. And then what does this? How does this reverse what we know about gender stereotypes? And how is this already been established? Beloved making him uncomfortable, making him feel like a rag doll. And then this is kind of if we were. This is great timing because obviously planned. But we were oh, just talking about Paul D's masculinity, and then I felt like. Um, he doesn't feel like he's the leader of the house. He no. feels like he's being pushed around Beloved's, by the women. Beloved says F gender stereotypes. F, Beloved F wears, the patriarchy. Beloved wears the pants. I'm Beloved sorry. does wear the pants. No, I think Setha does. She's like very much in control. Everyone kind of really? answers to her. Yeah. You think even Paul D? Paul D? I feel like Paul D sexually abuses Setha and okay. uses her. Yeah. I don't even think it's... I mean, we know it isn't for Setha's pleasure. No. So I would... I I, I think that Setha is stronger, but I also feel like she's battered. Yeah. So, I could also just be thinking that because that's just, like, how household rules are. Like, it's the parents who are the leaders, but I could also agree with Beloved. Unless... Unless your child is a demon baby. Then unless you're a little... your child's a demon baby, <laughs> you're gonna have some... It's just the wind. I'm sorry for the wind. Um, wow, you can't control the wind. You know what? Beloved whoa, can. Whoa. Okay. Um, um but so, so Paul D is basically forced into having sex with Beloved. Yeah. He doesn't want to. No. And I feel like this is kind of completely, I mean, we talk about how this stole his masculinity and, um, but it also just kind of, Morrison takes gender roles and she flips them on top of their head. And I mean, she also speaks about how... I mean, sexual abuse is happening not just with women. I mean, it's all we hear about. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when we think about um, slave stories, we were just talking about this in class. Yeah. Like, like male sexual abuse happened and was rampant. It mm-hmm. just it isn't talked about. Like, when you think about the Me Too movement, I mean, we've seen so many women come out. Because I do think that sexual, I mean, that number 97% that was out last week. of women have experienced sexual harassment. Yeah. But so are men. And we don't really talk about that. And we don't also don't like, I think that this is bringing light on to sexual, male sexual assault. Yeah. In in a really interesting way with Beloved. And I also think, um, I mean, I put in the question, how does the narrative, it's all an omniscient narrator. Yes. Um, And I feel like a lot of the abuse scenes are to kind of, except for, well, we learn about Setha's murder, and I that's told by Stamp Paid. Although, no, it's still third per, per, um, third person omniscient. I think a lot of the book actually is. It is, unless it's... Unless it's not. <laughs> unless it's not, no. But, but, but I did note that Chapter 11 specifically was third person omniscient. Mm-hmm. And, um... I think it's kind of like disassociating from the event. I mean... That's just my personal opinion, and I feel like a lot of the dramatic events that they talk about in this um, book is third-person omniscient because it's might be signifying that the people involved are disassociating from the event to protect themselves, even though, and, like, then that kind of, it could, even though they do that, those events still come back and, like, painful. Yeah, and... Memories. I don't know, I just thought chapter 11 was really creepy. Like, the, I want you to touch me on my inside part and call me by my name. That was, yeah. And I didn't quite understand why 
her name. And then at the well, end... Well, I think that names are really significant, especially in... Oh, yes, 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 When yes. we're talking about black people, because, um, I mean, there's so much of the... All of their culture, all of their identity was completely erased. Mm-hmm. And their names were stolen from them. And I think that that was, like... I will, and to have you call me by my name, I want you to... And I think that it's taking back the erasure and taking back what Paul D. and men kind of take away and also kind of just what the condition of being a slave is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, touch me on my inside part, because I feel... I, I truly feel like this is revenge on Paul D. for the sexual assault that happens to Setha. Like, yeah. I want you to, like... Like, it kind of just, like... Like, oh, oh, you really want to play this game? All right, then then you play it too, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And then we see Paul, um, Paul D's tin heart, or tin box, and then it, it, it busts open, and it, it's noted to be rusty, I think. Yeah. The, and. It's no longer, yeah. And, and I. He's saying, like, my red heart, my red heart at the end yeah. of that chapter. And I feel like it's. Like, Paul D has experienced so much abuse and shoved it into this box. But this, um, I mean, I don't know if I want to call it rape, but it's definitely sexual harassment. But whatever this assault is, it's the last straw for him. Yeah, it's a breaking point. And I feel like we're going to continue to see Paul D's downfall. Well, you'll see where he, when he's confronted with what, when he's told of, like, what Setha did to Beloved, like, is told of the initial murder, um, you'll see him, that's kind of full breakdown, I feel like. Yes. That's but a, that also happened way in the past. Yeah, I know, but he only learns about it, when, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about it then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that concludes our... Chapter 11. Chapter 11. And then chapter 12, um, is, we're just talking about Beloved's relationship with Denver and Setha, because we see a lot of possession going on. Um, Beloved's... It's a de- lot of possession. I feel like... Sorry to interrupt you, but, like, it's a, it's like a possession battle between Beloved and Paul D. over Satha and Denver. They're the two... Because them two don't mix, but they're going for the same people. You get what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but I also feel like Denver... I mean, as much as I think Denver fights over Beloved... I think it's just a controlling beloved to have Setha. Okay, yeah. It's I think it's a maternal thing. Like mm-hmm. like children always struggle when the new kid or like not like but like when the baby comes into the family. Yeah. I feel like it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so beloved is um is intensifying her attachment or no, sorry, Denver is it uh, is it is intensifying her attachment to Beloved, and then Beloved like disappears for a little bit, and she comes back and um, like this is the place I am, and um, Denver cries because cause Denver also I mean she's like ten. I'm pretty sure she's ten. She I mean she has people coming in and out of her life, and she still doesn't have much control. Um, her face, it's me. That's what, um... Oh. What? Oh. What? Hold on. Have we been wrong? The inf- oh, apparently she's 18. That sounds like a... According to Wikipedia, it says, Beloved begins in 1873 in Cincinnati, Ohio, where the protagonist, Setha, and formerly enslaved, a formerly enslaved woman who has been living with her 18-year-old daughter, Denver, at 124 Bluestone Road. 
Odd. So my whole life has been a lie. Hot damn. I always thought she was 10. That really changes a lot of what we just talked about. But and our entire first podcast. Great. Um, no, but I mean, technically, well... Wait, then that means that Beloved in Denver... Wait, that means Beloved okay, is this 20. makes a lot... This makes a lot more sense because when... When we get to when they actually talk about Beloved's murder, Beloved is alive at the same time that Denver is alive. I noticed that. That crosses over. So them being one to two year age different makes sense. Okay. And if it's been 18 years and and Denver, I mean, and Beloved was killed at the age of two, it's been 18 years since she returned, which means Beloved is 20. It's It's okay. Because most of it, we're, we're right, we're putting in the effort. We're putting Ms. in Cotton the work. is going to have to listen to us speak for two hours. Okay, She's not let's going to. get this show on the road. All right. Um, Her face, it's me, beloved, says into the darkness, what does this mean when they're at the shed? Yes. And she disappears. So that's what we had initially been talking about, and then we just got that's, a little off track. That is, um, so, I mean, beloved kind of just looks into the darkness. She's like, hey, it's me. Hey, queen, look at my face. She's a dark void of nothingness. But also, darkness isn't nothing. We just can't see what it is. Deep. We cannot see the complexities that are. Okay. Black is not the absence of color. It's every color. Okay, yeah. And that's how I see Beloved's character. Okay, I like that. Yeah. That's an I see her as a deep, dark, and empty void behind those eyes. See, you hit... No Soulless. Alright, it's... Your, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my perception. Enough with the beloved slander. I know. I like beloved. Beloved is my favorite character. This is Paul D. Slander. Whoa. Okay, so... Moving on to chapter 13. Yes. These are your questions. Okay, so... Who do you think Paul D. wants to get Seth... Oh, why do you think Paul D. wants to get Seth pregnant? Is it so he can have more ownership over her or to leave his mark? What else could it be? Oh, yeah. It's very, like, Handmaid's Tale, like, fertilization. It's very much so, like... Like, Paul D... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Paul D, and then we also, he's gonna know soon about the murder. It's just, things are ramping up, and he's uncomfortable now. Like, his masculinity has been pushed to its point with Beloved, and he wants to get Seth pregnant to have ownership over her. He also needs someone to relate to, because, like, all of, like, Denver, Beloved, and Seth are all connected, because they're all, like... Blood related. Um, Blood's stupid. Okay. Okay. Well, they're all biologically. Oh yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. They're all biologically. I agree with your what you're saying. I'm just saying that the notion, the general societal notion, that he can't be connected. Like, why don't you spend some time with Denver instead of pregnating? But exactly. But anyway, I just hate men. Kill all men. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about here. (laughs) All right. Um, No, but. He wants someone who is, like, his own biologically. Oh, yeah. It, it's the possession. It's, it's the, possession. the... It's the possession for me. Alrighty. So why might Setha be hopeful that her family will be whole again? I... I think it's just something... I feel like it's the thing that's kind of been keeping her going. Like, mm-hmm. she has... Well, like, once Beloved came back, I felt like she was happy to see her... And was glad that there was another person in the house to feel it more like a family. So I think she's kind of open to welcoming anyone. Um, so I feel like that hope that, uh, I forget, Bugler, is it Bugler and How- Howard? Yes. Come back. 
I'm just gonna say. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, her children. Her children. Like, she wants their family to be whole again, and I feel like that's a driving point for her to keep going. Really? Yes. I think it's at the... I think, yeah. And it's just kind of, like, being whole. Because so much of her life and so much of everything is broken around her. Systema- systemically and elsewise. But... Mm-hmm. All right. Um, why is it pointed out that Setha's hand is resting on Paul D's chest as he's sleeping while she is thinking about her family being reunited? I just thought it was an interesting detail, um, to, like, end the chapter with, like, talking about where her hand's placed on his chest. I just thought that was weird. And especially where Paul D's chest has been noted so much and how it's now, it was this tin can and, or box or whatever, and now it's bleeding open. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the only open point that Paul D has because he's so closed off Mm -hmm. and yeah that that's just something I wanted to add in I like that um okay this one's that chapter 14 really proves a lot of my points about blood well not proves but it just reinforces um and it says what does beloved's pulling out her tooth symbolize um on an obvious level I mean hold on she's falling apart but she's also growing. Yeah. Like, I, because, I mean, we keep on seeing baby markers for yes. Beloved since she's unwombed herself. That's a fun way of saying birthed. Yeah, <laughs> you should have just said birthed. No, since she's unwombed herself. Sure. She de-wombed herself. Okay. But, so, we saw her struggling to walk, we saw her feeding, and now she loses a tooth. It's just kind of continuing to be this little kid. Who's maturing, yeah. Um, and then Denver asks Beloved why she isn't crying if it hurts to pull out her tooth, but then Beloved cries. What could this mean? So she only starts crying after Denver says you should be crying, which really, like, reinforces that she has no soul and, like, doesn't have that human right. connection. No, she does have a soul. I think that she does. And why didn't she start crying immediately if it hurt? Because I think that she's learning how, like, to have feelings and how to react. She doesn't know how to do... You know what? You're mean. You're mean. You're being mean. I'm not. No, you are. No, you are. But she's just kind of, like, learning how. And also, I think that, like, little kids, they mirror behavior. And she just kind of is learning how to fit in. She's learning how to... She has a soul, but how to not be a soulless bitch. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're too far into, like, restarting. <laughs> um, and I said, okay. Um... So that concludes the chapter 14 questions. Why is the gathering and feeding of blackberries to Denver significant? I, it's just weird. They went into an entire storyline about how, um, Stamp, I don't know how to say his name. Is it paid or Stampede? I mean, why is his name Stamp paid? I think it's because it's like. Like you paid your stamp? No, well, he helps, like, deliver people to freedom, so I felt like it was kind of... Maybe he made up his own name. Because, again, with names... He could have. Totally could have. There's a complete erasure of identities. Um, but they go into this entire storyline, and, like, the area where the blackberries are being picked is, like, snake-infested, so it's kind of like the devil. Or Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, that's what I was talking about, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, original sin because he's picking fruits from... Mm. A, and it's also a feminine sin. Yeah, and they're, like, explicitly it was fed to Denver and it should and not have been fed to a baby Also, stuff that's blamed on women that shouldn't be blamed on women. Like, Eve did eat the apple first, but Adam told her to! 
Uh, well, no. Yes! Satan did. The little snake dude came down and he was like, hey, this apple looks real tasty, right? And she was like, but God told me not oh, to. Oh, but all the, okay, but all the, sorry. All the sin is put onto Eve, but yeah, Adam did too. Or, yeah, I don't know. I just hate men. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate men. Anyways. Um, this but, is just our beloved discussion. Just, I hate men. Okay, I yeah. just gotta. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, so why would baby Sugg's followers turn on her after having given her so much food? What does this sound like something that happened? Oh, and you made a connection here. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm not a religious person, but the amount of times I've watched TV shows that have biblical archetypes Hannibal. is a little... No. Yes? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I went through a whole... I'm not gonna get into that, but Miss Kata, if you want to hear a full synopsis, I will gladly give you one. <laughs> anyway, She doesn't. <laughs> she probably doesn't. I can but tell anyways, you pretty f- the amount of like TV shows that I've watched. Okay, that's because Lynn doesn't read. No, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. No, but I, I'm not religious, but and I don't know the Bible that much, but I know only the key like parts of it. And so, like the Last Supper, you know the, parts that are- the, the like parts that are like most talked about, and like the Last Supper is like, I'm like they they're eating, and like Jesus like, oh, you're gonna one of you is gonna uh, betray me, and then he gets killed. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, anyways, but it just seemed a little weird because I think, like, Baby Suggs was the Jesus figure in this because she had so many followers who, like, taught them a new way of, like, loving themselves and understanding themselves. And then Baby Suggs dies. And then Baby Suggs dies, but her followers turn on her much like how Jesus's follower killed him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I hope that I said that right, but... If Baby Suggs really free, um, is Baby... Suggs really was. free. I'm sorry. She. This is a. This was a. Was baby Suggs really free? If she was working for the Bodens and staying in their house, Bodwins or Bodwins. I just thought it was. So this was her flashback when Mr. Garner let her. Like Hallie agreed to buy baby Suggs's freedom, and so he. So she's taken by Mr. Garner, and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna have. You get to live in this." house 124 um and you're gonna be working for the bodwins and like just like being a seamstress and stuff so it's just weird because she's i mean technically i guess she's free on paper but she's still doing she's working for someone it's kind of like that or could she it's kind of that like i don't know that stereotype of like oh she has a good or oh she's like like we're keeping we're taking care of her and it's just another facet of like, the narrative of slavery that's being put in. Like, yeah. no, she isn't free. No. And we see she's haunted as well. Mm-hmm. And she's plagued by what is all the evil that is around and that happens with slavery. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, oh, like, they take care of her. Oh, she doesn't have it that bad. She does. Yeah. Um, and that concludes chapter 15. And now again, chapter 16, and this is when we're told about Beloved's death and, like, all the events with it. Because mm. I be- we think it's Stamp paid telling Paul D about it. Because yeah. then the next chapter, which we'll get into the, in the next episode, t- goes, like, into how he reacts. So, um, But this is one that really... This question was just... It didn't make sense to me. So it says, Why would Setha throw Beloved's body again to try to hit the wall when it didn't hit the first time? Because she throws Beloved's body 
it doesn't hit the wall and like the four men are watching her do this and then she throws it again to make it hit the wall and I wasn't sure if she was trying to like I don't know if it was like trying to obliterate it into like pieces or if she was trying to throw it out of like why is it specifically like why is the body specifically thrown again to hit the wall because, I mean, she already slit the baby's throat, The right? baby's dead. And I think it may just be, like, it's not enough to kind of, like, let the baby pass peacefully, which she did. She didn't, like, torture. There wasn't no. any pain. Well, that's subjective, but the baby wasn't alive. Yeah, and I the think first it's kind of just killed the baby. And I think that maybe it's kind of just because, I mean, everyone sees this, mm-hmm. um, it becomes a story and maybe it's kind of just showing like graphically explicitly the pain of slavery yeah and i keep on saying like well, stuff yeah. very similar but it's just like it isn't like it isn't just dying out quickly mm-hmm. it is this gruesome horrifying like bloody experience yeah. repeatedly every day mm-hmm. and i think that maybe that might have been um yeah. imagery of that um so then Setha goes to nurse baby Denver with the blood still all over her. Why would she do this? Um, I, it's kind of like, I don't know, like, like the word that comes to mind is like blood sisters. Yeah. Like you're kind of in it together. Like a piece of beloved or a piece of Denver is B- Setha and beloved story and this murder and being a black person and being a slave mm-hmm. and being a woman. And it's kind of just like you have a part of this sin a part of you. Like, you yeah. literally are. Yeah. So that's how I interpret it. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't, I couldn't, like, quite make a connection, but I, I agree with that. Um, and the last question we have is, how did the town people react to Setha as she leaves her house covered in blood? Why did the townspeople start humming as Setha leaves with the sheriff? The townspeople are very telling because they're only talked about when something, when there's a different shift. I feel like they add an emphasis to that shift. They, like, they go from happy with baby Suggs and they're like, hey, you have too much food. We don't like you anymore. And now they go to humming. So I feel like it's a, they, I feel like they elaborate on the different shifts in the story. That's just how I interpreted it. No, um, I agree. And but the, the kind of like. weird. Yeah, and it's kind of like this disconnect. Like, humming is something you do, like, when you're lollygag. Yeah. Is that a word? But when you're, like, happy, like, mindlessly doing something. And the townspeople, like, they they don't even blink an eye. Yeah. Like, like you literally just murdered a child. And Howard and Bugler were also injured in this. Like, like this is a pretty abusive, pretty traumatic, bloody, gruesome scene. Yeah. And the town people, they just seem unbothered. Like, she's going to jail. But, oh, it's just another black woman going to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't actually care. They don't actually care about the children. You know? And I think it's just that, like, it's being like, completely detached. I feel like, like it was, like, the song of, the, of a death march. I don't know if that really makes sense. I, yeah. It just comes to my head. Like, and, I mean, that would happen when you're completely detached from what actually is happening. Yeah. You don't actually give a damn what, like, about... Mm-hmm. You just... You're transcended above it and you don't care because it's just another black person oh it's just a black child it's just yeah yeah I agree with you. but that concludes this episode we 
Kept it pretty short. Hey, look at that. It's oh. 30 minutes and then she's going to get another 15 minute one. It's this Kata will be listening to our voices for two hours. It's fine. But thank you so much for listening, Ms. Kata, and anyone else who finds this. <laughs> no. Well, you never know. All right. Bye, Ms. Kata. Bye.